Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, we are continuing to record this podcast remotely for the safety of our guests and our team. So, on with the show. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks well-known friends three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And this week, I'm joined by two friends who are stand-up comedians who collectively host the hit podcast Off Menu, where they invite their famous guests into a fantasy restaurant where they get to choose their favourite starter, main, side dish, dessert and drink. And Off Menu is one of a handful of brilliant podcasts, this one included that are taking part in Guest Fest for Comic Relief with Acast. Now, Guest Fest gives listeners a chance to enter a draw with a small donation to the charity to become a guest on one of their favourite podcasts. And as well as White Wine, Question Time and Off Menu, fellow podcasts, My Dad Wrote a Porno, Red Handed, Private Parts and Thanks a Million are all taking part. So stand by for some truly one-off shows coming your way very soon and all for a great cause. So... First up, he's the super brain who whooped my ass on Richard Osman's House of Games. Early to the podcasting landscape, he's been doing this for over a decade now, straight after graduating from Durham University. He's a regular on shows like Mock the Week and Russell Howard's Good News, and in 2019 won Dave's BAFTA award-winning Taskmaster, a show that challenges the wit and wisdom of five comedians every year. Alongside him is his friend and co-host, who saw his popularity reach new heights in 2018 after releasing his Netflix comedy series, Repertoire. If you haven't already seen it, please do. It's hilarious. So, let's give them a call. It's Ed Gamble and James A. Castor. So, Ed, you and I met in Scotland on Richard Osman's brilliant house of games where I yeah. humiliated myself on a daily basis across five days you literally shone like a university challenge contestant <laughs> but the thing is we and James have talked about this before it's that game is built for comedians brains mm-hmm. like a lot of the questions are because they're so language based and all pun based and it's how we try and think anyway so it did feel I feel feel like I was cheating a little bit 
It's incredibly generous of you. I humiliated myself when I described what could possibly be the world's largest sandcastle as standing at two miles, which we worked out could be seen from space. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get a point, funnily enough, for that. Yeah, I feel like if there was a two-mile tall sandcastle, I would have heard about it somewhere. <laughs> Be I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go to Dubai and build one, I've decided. But, <laughs> but we were on with Aid Edmondson, and I think for you, that was a pinch me moment, wasn't it? That was a, oh, yeah. oh my God, comedy hero moment. Yeah, I, I grew up watching Bottom especially, actually. So it was a, a huge privilege to do that show with, with Aid. Um, and also the fact that he's a really nice man. And so, James, you and I have never had the pleasure, but I feel like I know you so well because Off Menu is one of my... Well, it's it's. I subscribe to it. I think I've listened to every episode. Oh, I love it. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, you, Thanks. No, and you two are not virgins when it comes to podcasting. You've 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 been around. <laughs> been around the block when it comes to podcasting. Now, your your um, brilliant podcast is part of Guest Fest, as is mine, as is this White One Question Time. So, mm-hmm. you, uh, how's that has that gone for you? Have you recorded yours yet? How's it looking? I don't think we even know who's won, have we? Do we know who's won? No, I don't. I don't think we found out yet. But obviously, fingers crossed. There are. Uh... <laughs> They're a laugh, um, but I think I think they would. No, I think it could they be a would. A long be. episode, otherwise. Yeah, it could be. I mean, yeah, you really hope they've. To be honest, I, I I think they almost certainly will be fun because we get a lot of messages from people who listen to the podcast who really think about what they would say if they if they were a guest on the podcast. Um, probably a lot more than some of our actual guests have considered it. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're looking forward to having them on. I um, hope they're a nightmare, personally. Do you? Oh no! I would love it if they're just an absolute nightmare. They're horrible to both of us. (laughs) It's just really difficult to try and like rein them in and chat to them. Yeah, it'd be be great. Really nasty. A proper bully. That's what I want. We see with this podcast. I don't know if you know the format, but we've had lots of people saying, "Please, please do a regular version with sort of you know uh, people not off the telly or that are well known," because the premise of this podcast would normally be if we weren't in COVID hell. Uh, we would be meeting face to face and I would be asking you three questions and each question is punctuated by a glass of wine. Mm, Lovely. Okay, so are you ready for your first question, gentlemen? Yes, I am. This one is written with very much you in mind, James. Okay. Uh, Because it, it, it kind of harks back to your 2018 Netflix hit. And I want to know, you're going into a witness protection program. Mm. I want to know, first of all, why you're in need of a new identity. Then I want to know what your new identity is and also your backstory. Excellent question. Now, is, this for, is, it, is this for both of us? Both of you, yeah. And you, you can't go into the same witness protection program. You have to, from here oh. on in, lead a separate path from one another. Okay. This is it. This is goodbye, my friend. Sayonara. Quite excited there that me and Ed were going to go to the protection together and say we're brothers or something. (laughs) Maybe you could. No, Um, I think it's still, stick to your guns, Kate. I'm going to stick to my guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise that sets the precedent and we're going to completely run rings around you every single question. If you start start bending down. So, in terms of what I would have done, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's like saying, what what is the crime? Well, I guess I would have witnessed something. So, yeah. I don't think I would have been involved in a crime. I, I think if I was in a gang, I would be most likely to rat everyone out. Mm. I think I would be the one who, whose conscience gets the better of them and then would, would dob the rest, rest of them out. I mean, realistically, the only thing that I would be motivated to steal would be puddings. Um, <laughs> so if it was a gang who were kind of like... If I found myself working for a dessert company, like, say, Cornetto... <laughs> and oh, it's gone high end. Yeah, and we wanted to infiltrate the Magnum factory and steal their recipe and go into Magnums. I would probably be fully behind that in the you know in the meetings at work. I'd be like, this is brilliant. But then as soon as we've actually started doing the illegal stuff, I think I'd start to sweat a bit and get worried. And then when the dessert police come up to me and go, "Are you guys trying to steal the Magnum recipe?" I'll be like. Yes, please. I don't want to go to prison. So it would probably be for something like that, in- infiltrating another dessert company, trying to steal their secret recipe. You sound like the guy from McMillions. Have you seen that in lockdown? No, I have not. No. Oh, my God. You're literally describing, well, not really his life, but, yeah, it was a guy that worked in the print factory that printed the million-pound, you've won million-pounds um, stickers on the Monopoly 
cartons oh. for McDonald's fries. And he kept giving it to all his friends and taking a cut. And he was involved in the mafia. And they, they exploited McDonald's for £30 million. Pounds. Whoa. What a legend. True, true story. Yeah. Gotta watch McMillions. And, and the, the FBI agent that busted them is basically David Brent. Is he the same guy who caught the hamburger as well? <laughs> <laughs> Only does McDonald's-related cases. <laughs> So that's what I'll be in for. You'll be in for that. Okay, so your new identity, how extreme are you going to take it? Are you going to, like, go in for plastic surgery? Or is it just a new name and a hair dye? I couldn't do plastic surgery. I'm so proud of my natural, lovely face. Um, I think I would definitely go contact lenses. Like Ooh. those coloured, con- you know, to change the colours of my eyes. Yeah. So what I'd, colour? like, go for, like, either a real, you know, those really... Uh, like like pools of water blue. They you know that kind of like crystal clear blue yeah. colour. I might go for Instagram some of those. Of love. Yeah. Where it's like mad. Or actually no, that's what I'd go for. Yeah. I'd have those kind of eyes where, you know, the person's either a saint or a sinner, you know. I think that's quite good for witness protection. You're putting your, your past behind you. So you'd be letting people know I'm a bit of a bad guy, but also try to be good again. So I'd have those contact lenses. I would shave my head completely bold, definitely. Got to go for the completely bold. Um, go for Doctor Evil, yeah. Yeah, but like <laughs> with a beard, big beard that goes uh, right down to my waist, like a proper ZZ Top beard. James, can you grow oh. a beard? No, no. So that's <laughs> that going to work then? Well, that's not going to work. Stick on beard. Beard implant. You're going to have a stick on beard. Yeah. Very blue eyes. You're going to shave your head. You know, yes. you can actually have a beard transplant, don't you? Bobby Norris from Towie's had one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'll have Bobby Norris's beard, please. <laughs> Transplant it again. So, basically, you're going to look like ZZ Top. Yes. With piercing blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah. What's your name going to be? You're no longer James. Yeah, yeah. Can't be James anymore. Uh, Chad. Why? Because it's just so unlike James, you know? If you think of the kind of person a James is and the kind of person a Chad is, they're two very different people. Okay, so so next I need where you're going to, to start your new life and yeah. a little bit about Chad's backstory. Here's the thing. It's always that you get relocated somewhere completely different and all that. If I just moved into the flat next door to me, <laughs> people would never suspect it's me on witness protection. So lazy. Or maybe it's moving back into my own flat. I could move out. I could do the whole rigmarole of I've sold my flat and I'm leaving and move out, go around the corner, put on the beard and the contact lenses, shave my head, drive back round again, move in a bunch of new furniture. And go, hey, my name's Chad. And everyone would be like, oh, there's new guys here. No, they wouldn't. They'd be like, oh, hello, James. I remember when I dropped those contact lenses off for you yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was got to make sure I'm in when the post is there. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think the the cops would allow that. I think that's you, you need you need to start a new life elsewhere. That that mm. that you can't just be back on your own doorstep. I mean, it's just too risky slash lazy. Chad. Yes. Okay. Well, in that case, I would like to go somewhere I've never been before, so I see a different part of the world. I've never been to Hong Kong. I'd like to go there. Okay, and backstory. So, Chad, you arrive in Hong Kong, having decided that you are going to move from next door. And when people say, hey, Chad, where are you from? How old are you? Do you have a family? Your response would be? I'm from Utah. I'm a Mormon. And uh, I've left them behind to start a new Mormon church in Hong Kong. Nice. Because I've been sent on the mission here. That's quite quite good. We've, We've moved on from slightly lazy attempt at reinventing yourself to actually something quite epic i'd say ed beat that a completely different guy i yeah, don't you, you really i don't want to beat that because any attempt to beat a witness protection uh uh cover is too showy isn't it and the last thing you want to be is showy mm. what like chad like chad yeah. like chad over here really <laughs> he wants eyes that make him stick out which is crazy yeah. You don't want people going, I tell you, you look like James Acaster with a transplanted beard and, and beautiful eyes. And Dr. Evil's hair. Yeah. If, an, if anything, you should be wearing sunglasses the whole time because that's what I'm going to do. Are you? So what's your backstory? Mm. What have you done? Why are you oh, going into witness protection? I'd be the little sniveling guy at the in the bottom ranks of a gang for sure. The horrible, a horrible little grunt in a gang. 
uh, <laughs> and also because I'm quite stupid when it comes to practical things, I'd be the one who gets caught out with a bug straight away, uh, uh-huh. like a policeman with a bug on him, because I wouldn't check properly. Uh, and then I'd have to rat the whole gang out with everything that I knew. So you're both gang members, yeah, but, but well, not so much Chad, because he worked for an ice cream factory. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you, mine's, all, you're, mine's you're... all murder and stuff. Really? So it's yeah. evil, yeah. proper hardcore, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No ice cream Dirty. Involved. Yeah, no, proper, no proper food. crimes. No. Just, drugs and, just drugs and arms, I'm thinking. Drugs drugs and arms, yeah. And <laughs> drugs in just, arms. But the like these drugs. kind of arms. Yeah, these yeah, kind yeah. of the ones that yeah. hang off the end of your shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so definitely low, low, lowest ranking gang member possible blowing all the, the in fact I would try and blow the gang wide open because I get caught by the police I'd give the wrong information because I wasn't privileged the correct information so it doesn't lead to any arrests but all of the rest of the gang find out I've done it anyway so, so you're, you're, you're a crap snitch I'm a crap snitch how do you know my nickname <laughs> I'm a crap snitch, so I still need to go into witness <laughs> protection. But I, uh, but the police are really annoyed that they've got to do it because I've actually led to no arrests. So it's really anticlimactic, but you've completely ruined your life, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to start again in a new place with a new identity. Yes. Go. Um, do you want to know what I look like first, or do you want to know my new identity? You you roll it out, Ed, as you see fit. Cool. Mm. Well, I'm the mayor of I'm a, the mayor of a small town in Eastern <laughs> Europe. Really completely. <laughs> what? Oh, that's um, so low profile. Um, Chat yeah, no, but it's a small now. town. It's a small town. Uh, I think it's in Bulgaria, uh, and uh, I'm I'm the mayor. Okay, go on, Mr. Mayor. What's your name? Ch- uh, Chopper Harris. Chopper Harris. That sounds like a porn star. No. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, that's my backstory then. <laughs> so you became mayor. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm an ex porn star. Um, who's decided yeah. to go into local Bulgarian politics. <laughs> um, but I don't like to talk about my past too much because obviously... Why is that it, because it was in porn and I'm, I'm ashamed of it. Mm. So right. I'll say I used to work in the adult industry, but please don't, please don't look me up because I mm. used to have a different name, weirdly. Weirdly, Chopper Harris is what I've changed my name to from when I was a porn star. And what was your name when yeah. you were a porn star? Well, I won't, t- I won't tell anyone, that's why. So this is why I have to make my backstory as murky as possible for people who ask. Mm. I say, well, I used to work in the adult industry. Uh, my name's Chopper Harris now. Don't look me up because you won't f- you won't find anything about me. Um, so thank you. And I'm mayor. That's what you're hoping. It yeah. turns out, though, that Chopper Harris is a famous footballer whose actual name was Ronald Edward Harris. He's a former English footballer who played for Chelsea between the 60s and the 70s. Right. Well, just saying. Yeah, but I'm going to say that's my dad, and I'm no. <laughs> Even though you changed your name to Chopper Harris. Yes. Well, I've changed. I've changed my name to my dad's name, and before mm-hmm. that, I was just. Uh, I had a different dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're yeah. unraveling here, Ed. Under interrogation, I'm not sure that your story would stand up quite as well as what seemed like a farcical uh, reinvention mm. with Chad. Yeah, but the thing is, if anyone questions me that much, I'll say I'm the mayor, so I'll put them in prison. Okay. Not happy with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Chad and Chopper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, there we are. I can work with that. I can work with that. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. That was really well thought out, beautifully delivered. Who won? I really fell apart at the end there. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go you're with doing James. Really well. Yeah, you, I think. I know. I think you're right to go with James. Um, So, excellent work. Thank you very much, gentlemen. We're moving on to your second question. I want to know if and when you've come close to committing career suicide. Oh. For listeners, I'd love to, love to, to explain to the listeners that you're both doing really beautiful thinking faces right now. Thank you very much. Career suicide. I mean, okay. literally, my CV is littered with those moments. Yeah. I got, I Give got us some examples. I've got, I've got one. Give us some examples. I've got so one. Yeah. You've got one, Ed. I've got one I can talk about. Yeah. I, uh, I did a TV show. Also, I think career suicide is difficult when you're a comedian because you're constantly trying to take risks and Tell that to Julian Clary. Yeah. <laughs> The guy, he he pushes thick. I mean, you would have, but this is the point. So Julian Clary, case in point, 
said that thing about fisting Norman Lamont at the, uh, the comedy at British awards. Comedy Award, <laughs> at the Comedy Awards, and that in any other career would be considered career suicide, but in comedy, that absolutely made his name, right? Yeah. Um, imagine, imagine going on if you're like if you're working for a for an ice cream company and mm. you're at the ice cream awards and you go, sorry, I've just been fisting Norman Lamont. That's the end of the, that's the end of yeah. that. You have to go into witness protection. Yes. <laughs> um, I did a TV show that sounded like a really good idea and then it didn't work out that well. Right. Uh, and I did it because my friend was involved and uh, it was called Blue Go Mad in Ibiza. <laughs> I thought um, it was going to be this, by the way. <laughs> and is, is it, it, uh, does it, Did it do what it said on the tin? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it attempted to do what it said on the tin, so it was. I love it. I, I may production... I say, I love the sound of this show though. It is great. You know, yeah. So if, if look, I was pitched it. It made me laugh. Uh, they told the band Blue that they were going to be filming a reality show in Ibiza where they ran a bar on the beach. Yeah. And then what they actually did was um, book loads of actors and comedians to play all the people coming into the bar and interacting with Blue, and everything was deliberately going wrong. I think that's but genius. Blue didn't know it was the setup because I think Blue really, Blue would have been the the best foils for that, really. But they get pranked so much that they immediately cottoned on that something was going wrong. Really? So they'd already been pranked. So there's an amazing clip if you can find it. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, they they went on a photo shoot and it was all set up that. I think it was I think it was Simon got into this caravan and it was on the edge of a cliff <laughs> and then he got out the other side when the others weren't looking and then they pushed the caravan they rolled the caravan off the cliff so they all think he's dead. That's right it's Ben Hamlin right? Ben Hamlin did that. It's so brutal like you, you wouldn't it's be able horrific. to do that now. They wa- they basically watch their friend yeah. die. They run to try and get to stop the caravan going off the cliff and Lee sinks to his knees and screams at the sky. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so they get pranked so much that i think they uh they cottoned on too quickly and also there wasn't there once we got down to the nitty-gritty of it i think they didn't want to push the comedy too far because they didn't want to upset blue um but i played uh the fiance of a mad blue fan uh who had won a competition on the radio to have blue sing and officiate our wedding so we had a whole big (laughs) fake wedding with blue singing but they suspected something was uh, going on and they were talking to each other in pig Latin. What? Uh, saying, you know this, you know pig Latin? No. Now? I, don't, I don't know how it works, but you like switch syllables and stuff. So it's like a code language that they all talk to each other in. Basically going, I think he's an actor. I think she's an actor. I think something's going on here. Wow. So it sort of spoiled, it spoiled it a little bit. And I don't think the show came out quite right. So that's the closest I ever felt to committing career suicide because it was essentially it wasn't a comedy show by the end of it i was in a reality show although i did go on uh <laughs> i had to go on a stag night with anthony costa um obviously in character the whole time and we played a game of i have never um and i was trying to come up with really weak i have nevers as the character and i said i have never been to rome and anthony costa had to ask his manager if he'd ever been to rome <laughs> um which really sh- which really shows you the life of a pop star where you're just going around various places, not even looking at the side on the airport. Uh, and his favourite food's potato salad. That's what I found potato out. Potato salad. So, James, career suicide, how close have you come? Oh, it's quite hard to go. I think I've loads of different... <laughs> There's a few different times where I think maybe... The thing is, I did a, another podcast recently and uh, about failures and mistakes. And um, I did talk about probably the closest I've come to career suicide. But I'm aware, you know, I don't want to double up stories, but basically I, I went on a show called Live at the Palladium on ITV and decided to try out new material uh, instead Ooh, of doing uh, tried and tested stuff that I knew had worked <laughs> in the past. Um, I just was like, I clearly had no respect for the show, you know. Uh, <laughs> the heritage, the yeah, prestige. I just decided that, oh, whatever, who cares? And um, But what I didn't know was that I was going to follow... Uh, a section where they basically had an old lady in the audience who was sat in the Royal box. It was like in her eighties or some shit. And it was like her dream to be at the Palladium and sit in that Royal box. And so they had a chat with her before bringing me on. And it was a really sweet chat. And they covered the fact that she basically throughout her life, given most of her income to charity. So she was like the best person in the world. And then 
They said, as a little game, we're going to try and give you a chance to win some money now, Joan. And they asked her like three ridiculously easy questions, like quiz questions. Um, not not like, you know, not white wine question time level, like properly, like they were just asking her like absolute tappings, you know. And Joe Pasquale <laughs> was going around the audience with a mic asking people if they wanted to help her with the answers and all this. And then she won 10 grand. And they brought this big charity check in for 10 grand and gave it to her and said, what are you going to do with the money, Joan? And she said, I'm going to donate it to the children's hospice. And then everyone started crying that she was going to even donate that to charity. And then they brought me on to do comedy. With no buffer (laughs) in between, they just went, now welcome James Acaster, which is not how you do it. And Bradley Walsh was the host, by the way. This is a clunky gear change, yeah. He knows that's out of order, Bradley Walsh. Do you reckon? Bradley Walsh, he's been in the game long enough to know that if you're going to do a whole, a very long section where you give a sweet old lady who's currently, you know, having a dream night out, 10 grand, who then gives it to charity, you don't immediately go, now welcome a very funny man, James Acaster, without any buffer whatsoever. He knows that. Yeah, he's old school, isn't he, though? Because, so he probably thinks if you're good enough, you don't need he that. Probably he probably does think that. Eddie's probably be, thinking yeah. you're here because you're of a certain standard of professionalism. Yeah. yeah. But you're, he's probably what you're thinking, thinking... He's not going to try out new material. Yeah, he's no, probably not here to try out some new. James is thinking, where the hell are blue when you need them as, as a buffer? Yeah. But go <laughs> yeah, on, so what happened? Nice. So you but... came on, you broke an old lady's dream night in what way? Well, I mean... Uh... My opening line, and I stand by this being funny, but I went on. I think I just said something like, "Oh, great! Now, I've, now I've got to follow that." Everyone's just seen the sweetest thing, sweetest thing ever, and now I've got to be funny. Thanks very much, Joan. <laughs> <laughs> no one liked that. <laughs> no. Uh, then also, it was the kind of crowd I'm not. I'm not used to performing in front of this crowd, Kate. This kind of, yeah. You know, look, I don't want to ruffle too many feathers. They were Brexity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh how, and did you made... smell their politics? Is is how, yeah. how, how, how did you how did you fathom that? Just very grisly audience, uh <laughs> physically. Um mainly composed of gristle. Um and uh arms folded, very much had enjoyed being in the company of Joe Pasquale and Bradley Walsh and were, were not happy. <laughs> with this young buck walking on uh, and immediately sarcastically thanking an old lady who is officially at that point their favourite person in the world as yeah. well. She's a hero. And also, I'll tell you yeah. why this is like a career suicide thing as well. It's because like, I knew in the moment that every decision I was making was the wrong decision and made it anyway. <laughs> and yeah, so it wasn't like, oh, no, I've messed up. And I've like, it was it was like, I am deliberately going down the wrong route because I've decided that for some reason I don't like this show. I don't like anyone involved in it. And I'm now going to crash and burn. And, I, I, and so this, as I was doing the new material, just giving it no chance whatsoever, commenting on how, how difficult the show was, commenting <laughs> on how how impossible it was for uh, for me to get any any sort of laugh in a room like this. Just going, oh, I've, I've really screwed myself over here, guys. This isn't going to work. <laughs> also, like I was doing a five-minute routine about squash where I didn't talk about anything else but squash, as in the drink, for five minutes. So when they didn't go for the first joke about squash, I immediately told them, bad news, it's this for five minutes now before I even get on to another topic and then continue to do the squash material. With uh, The only person laughing at me was Jordan Banjo and his mates. And <laughs> getting nothing. Big squash like, fans, yeah? Yeah. But, like, in my defence as well, though, like, the, the crew had played a prank on me in the wings. Um, I felt like I felt like one of blue. Because, like, uh, when, they were doing, when they were doing the quiz with Joan and all yeah. that, and this is what they don't see at these kind of things, right? And you'll know this more than me, Kate. But like those kind of shows, they act like, oh, here's a tearjerker moment. It's really lovely. We're talking to an old lady. But then the crew are backstage, like the producers and stuff and executive producers, just making the most inappropriate, <laughs> horrible jokes about this person who's meant to be like, oh, we're all celebrating Joan. And backstage they're going, uh, yeah, I bet she used to be a right dirty old whatever in the back of her day. Oh and that stuff. you sat there like, are you joking? One of them turned to me before I went on and he said, it's amazing, isn't it, what she's done with her life? She used to be a prostitute. And I said, <laughs> and, and, and me, 
That's what, that's, that's, what, that's what one of the producers told me. Oh, it's X. And I, and I, as an innocent boy, was like, oh, really? It's like, oh, that's amazing. And, and then they were like, no, not really, mate. We're joking. And I was like, oh, that's what... And instead of me going, this is why I'm bad sometimes, I should just go, actually, I shouldn't do this. But like most people go, oh, yeah, okay, great, because I think this person could get me work in the future. Instead, I just went, do you want to not do that to me when I'm about to go on and tell me an old lady's a prostitute and put that in my head? And the, and the, and the guy was like, oh, we're just having a laugh, mate. And I was like, oh, I don't... But then, and then I went on and failed to make people laugh also. So it's not like I could then come off and go, I told you I knew what was funny and what wasn't. But like... Um... <laughs> no one won that night. Joan didn't win on her backstory as a prostitute. No and one won. Your but, squash, you know, your poor squash went down Joan was in Joan was in wit. Joan was in witness protection. Yeah, yeah. Poor old Joan. <laughs> poor Joan is going to have to be now that everyone knows that she was a lady yeah. of the night. I've, I've had a lot of career suicide moments where I've slagged off Cowell on stage. People hate it when you slag off Simon Cowell. I, 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 I hate him so much, Kate, that I don't even, uh, I don't even know what, what's going on in my life. I don't, I don't know that kind of story. I'm sorry what, to hear what, what that you're fine. He's objectively a bad person. What I don't like about him <laughs> is that he's so clearly a bad man. And no one seems to care that he's a bad man. And it, I remember when he first got on TV. This is why this is. I have a theory that the whole reason we're in the mess we are in right now as a country is because people like him have normalised being an absolute. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so like before he was on TV, we thought people like him were bullies and nasty. And then he got on TV, and everyone started loving it. And first of all, it's because they loved it because he was like mean. So it's like, oh, it's fu- you know, it's, it, he's a baddie. He's a guy you love to hate. And then over the years, they were like, well, actually, I want to be like Simon Cowell. And I'm going to, and then now we're just all a bunch of horrible bullies in this country. And it's because of Simon Cowell. I hate him. <laughs> just such an ah. Uh, well, I think it, I think in the early days, people were shocked by his. Um, yeah. yeah, they were. What, by his honesty. But also there was honesty. that chime of like, well, I was thinking that myself. And I think that yeah. underpinned his success because I think he said what a lot of people were thinking but were too polite to say. Yes, but then like we we started confusing that with like that's a good thing. Like, yeah, that, know, was, that, that was the thing that took over as well was that Simon Cowell and then at the same time was everyone on reality shows saying, the thing about me is that I just say what I think, yeah. like I don't keep it to myself. I'll just say it to your face uh, as if that was a no, good quality okay. to have, yeah. where it's really yeah. not. It's really not. That's not a good quality. If you've got something to say that you know will upset someone, just don't say it. That's what I mean. Also, that's something we don't point out. The whole the whole kind of being honest to people and saying instead, it's just because you, you hate yourself. <laughs> you hate yourself so much and you're worried that everyone's going to slag you off so you get there first. And that's, that, that's why everyone in Britain... <laughs> hates themselves, but is slagging each other off constantly. Horrible, horrible culture. But but, but basically, the, the, the points, yeah, <laughs> career suicide point is, every gig I've had where anything that he's been associated with has come up and I've gone off on a rant about it, it never gets the reaction that I thought. I think everyone's going to be on board and agree with me. And everyone's always like, leave those shows alone. Those shows are the best shows in the world. You shut up and don't slag those shows off. That's what makes us British. And, and, and I, I always have a bad gig whenever I start slagging that kind of stuff off. Ah, oh, see, Ed, now I know why you like hanging out with him so much, James. He's just, he just yeah, gives it great, yeah, right? two barrels, just both A lot of right, righteous anger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it, James. Love it. it get, I'll be honest, okay, it gets tired. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just want to just have a chill out, yeah. right? Sometimes you just want to chill out and watch the X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> I really ruined it when Ed's trying to watch The X Factor. Fact well, he wants it. to know is what's their dream and you just talk yeah. all over yeah. it. Yeah. This, and it's always when the slow music comes on when I hear about their tragic backstory and he's off on one again. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as a bit of Coldplay kicks in, you know you're in for a tear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they care about this one. Yeah. <laughs> always. Ah, the, the, uh, he's not forgetting. The, the, Here he goes. Oh, look, this person, something sad happened to them growing up. There. And you go, you go, right, oh, they're going to be a good singer then. And they always are. Always the good singers. Really sad backstory. Have they ever done it where there's a really sad backstory and then they're just rubbish at nope. singing? Never done that. Because but- otherwise, then you can't make fun of them and laugh at them as a whole room. As a guy in Britain's Got Talent, who played the harmonica with his nose. He was an old man. He went on and he played the harmonica with his nose. He got about two notes in and he got all three X's and the whole room went, ah! and he walked off and they were all laughing Aww. at him and jeering at him. And he's like, excuse me, are you telling me 
that you get to a point in your life where you start playing the harmonica with your nose and everything before that has been smooth sailing and you've been fun. <laughs> like that guy has got at least two divorces under it. He's a, probably a widower. I, I think a yeah, lot of definitely. bad stuff has happened to him. And then he's just thought, <laughs> yeah. maybe I'll just I'll just do something that will give people some joy. It'll be a funny little lighthearted thing. I'll learn to play the harmonica with my nose. That's silly. And everyone can do this. And then they send him on. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. he goes home. I, and then and then someone else comes on who like is an amazing singer, but like doesn't look conventionally attractive. And then the whole room pats themselves on the back. Oh, we're so, we're such good people that we've we've liked someone that we didn't fancy and thought they were a good singer. And they go home. Yeah, we're really nice people that we like the person who had slightly greasy hair, but but, but they sang really well, even though we bullied the old man. And he's probably going to go home and cry now. See, this is why you couldn't do witness protection, James. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. know each other very very well when did your friendship begin um because i need to know the roots of it so that you can answer this next question which is you've been asked by each other to be each other's best man awkward because i did not ask james Uh, right that is awkward oh shit sorry ed it's all right i want to know what's the one story that you could tell about each other in your best man speech that would silence the room oh well, first of all, we met at a gig. Now, we... We didn't. We dispute this. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm willing to agree with Ed here on his, his, his story of things, that we met at a gig in London, but I don't remember meeting Ed the first time. Harsh. Yeah. Now, to be Harsh. fair, to be fair, it was a gig for a promoter that I really wanted to get more gigs from at the time. It was my first gig for them, and I was just very much focused on my set even though I remember the rest of the lineup, I don't remember it. <laughs> you don't. And then we did another. No, if, I don't if remember. Only you had that mindset at the Palladium, James. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, I'd taken things seriously once I started getting on telly, but I, I was very, very serious about playing the the, the free. Be much, you could be much better friends with Joan now if you'd exactly <laughs> love Joan. Knuckle down at that gig. So we yeah. met at gigs, yeah. and then like, yes. um, I'd say me and Ed probably became friends when him and Nish Kumar decided to force their friendship on me for a joke. Yes. But then really? was genuinely there was a very good... Yeah, well, just like when we were at the Latitude Festival, they started singing songs at me about being my best friend now, and I didn't really know them very well. And they were just following me around, saying that they were my best friends. And I thought, well, I guess this is kind of funny. I'll... Were you on hallucinogenics at this point, Ed, or was there a reason No, that? no, it's just... It's really funny to be really friendly to someone when they're not necessarily friendly. Like you're, you've not earned that yeah. 
that t- you're not spent enough time with them to be like, oh, we're really good friends. If you just say we're really good friends and see if it works, and it did. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did it for long enough. It wasn't just that one weekend at Latitude. They kept doing it every time I saw them. Oh yeah, we we ran a new material gig called Best Friends Club, yes. uh, which the premise of which was me and Nish wanted to be friends with James and he wasn't bothered. <laughs> uh, although. He took it too far in that he never turned up to any of the gigs. Yeah. <laughs> I kept so on getting other so gigs and not doing them. So you just love bombed him, and it, it literally left him love cold. Love bombed exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, this came a point in my life where, like, I was living with my girlfriend at the time. We broke up. I had to move out the flat. I didn't have anywhere to live, and the only where only people I could think to call were the two people who pretended to be my, my be my friends for a while. No, <laughs> well, I guess my actual best friends are the two people who, for a laugh, have yeah. said that they are. I think you've, so I think you've just so- found a year bed. that was worse than 2020, right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, living on our sofa bed for a month wasn't uh, probably wasn't the highlight of the year. No, uh, quite nice. But uh, yeah, actually, it was pretty fun. Yeah, it's better for me than the months that had preceded it, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> living in a flat okay. with someone who hated me. Uh, it was quite nice to be with Ed, Ed and Nish. So they, they love-bombed you into submission, eventually. The friendship was underpinned by that and now let's fast forward to your imaginary weddings your nuptials and mm. it's time for the best man's speech and i want one of those i want one of those anecdotes that's proper tumbleweed where almost the mother of the bride starts to cry it's so bad oh okay well i've got a few um <laughs> also i want to point no, out we, we... ed's wedding was scheduled for during the pandemic he had to cancel yes. it so when he says no i didn't i didn't schedule it yeah. For, I didn't say, oh, there's a pandemic. I'll schedule my wedding for the middle of I it. Appreciate that. It was scheduled, and the pandemic came came along. Yeah. yeah. So it's been. Postponed. He didn't propose, and she said, "When are we going to get married?" He said, "During the next yeah. pandemic, whenever there's a pandemic, <laughs> I'd like to schedule it." I pro- I proposed during the Spanish flu of 1917, <laughs> and I said, "Not this one. Next time there's a pandemic." Um, yeah. So it has been postponed, and James was not, to be fair, not the best for man, that one. But a groom, a groomsman. Well, yes, for that one. But, it, but but there's still time for you to change your mind here. There's another wedding yeah, in the future. you can pull it back. So I could you still pull be pull it back. Man. Who is your best man, yeah. Ed? Nish Kumar. Um, James, that's got to hurt. Yeah, I mean, you totally you, surpassed. You, you got to think that at one point I, I was at least on the short list and there was like a, I was, an, sure. I was a name on a pad. I was somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also, I managed to negotiate myself another job on the day, didn't I? That I suggested. Yeah. Oh, oh, James is going to announce the cake. Yes. He's going to say what all the different flavours of the cake are. Yeah. Okay. I did, I, because he loves pudding. I negotiated myself that. I said, please, can you let me announce the cake and talk everyone through? And then he's going to do five yeah. minutes on squash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some notes. Slag off all the old ladies in the room. Yeah, I mean, that would actually silence the room. Uh, we went on holiday together to New York. I don't think this would silence the room, but one night James got so drunk he started giving pep talks to people people in the bar he went into the toilet stood on the toilet and hung over the toilet door giving random strangers a pep talk while they were trying to wee in the wee in the urinal Thank God. Uh, you're right mate do you want a pep talk yeah, but it was only a wee um also yeah only saying a... to them do you want a pep talk as well <laughs> that was very much what i was giving out i wasn't just like trying to motivate people i was consciously giving pep talks i actually kind of think it's that's quite a light-hearted whimsical thing to do so it wouldn't necessarily cause silence in the room mm-hmm. Um, he got drunk and put a slug on a pizza the other day. Yeah. Wow. That was recent. That, that made the room quiet, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who ate it? No one ate it. I mean, the pizza was cold. We were outside doing a socially distanced uh, little meet-up. Loads of people hadn't seen each other in ages. And there was a slug behind me on the floor. And someone said, oh, I think that slug feels a bit left out. And then just in, so then I instantly, without thinking about it, picked up the slug and put it on the pizza. <laughs> And uh, I thought, now I, no one liked it. I maintain, if I did that in a best man speech, it would be silence in the room. Yeah. So go on, James. Is you're you're at Ed's, uh, no, well, listen. You we know you're going to be at Ed's wedding. You're not going to be the best yeah. man. We've touched on. I mean, that. for what? I mean, what would definitely make the room go quiet at Ed's wedding is if during the speeches I got up impromptu <laughs> and was like <laughs> tap my glass and I mean that everyone would be like, oh no, what? There's nothing worse than that kind of stuff. What 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 are they yeah. doing? I could do that at Ed's wedding. I mean, I'm trying to think, really, the kind of stories that normally make everyone really awkward at the wedding are when the best man tries to do a funny story that is usually involving the bride as well, and that's when it's like, no, don't make fun of... No, don't do that. It's her day. But Obviously, I can't really think of any It's your day as well, Ed, but, you know. 
<laughs> can't really think of any stories where I could where Ed's fiance is the butt of the joke. Um, she's played an absolute blinder since I've known her, to be honest. Um, I reckon I just have to do something for too long. So I reckon I would get away. <laughs> I would get away with one joke about Ed losing weight, and then if I did another one. They'd be like, okay, yeah, and if I kept on just being like, hey, you're so bad, so fat, uh, they would be like, stop, <laughs> just stop going on about it now. Like, no, everyone gets it. And if I was just constantly, or the same thing with diabetes, like you get away with one. Yeah. There's going to be someone doing a diabetes joke at Ed's wedding. We, we should oh, reference here that, yeah, Ed, be, yeah. you have, you have t- is it type two diabetes? Type one, type one. the best one. The best one, yeah. number one, numero uno. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, baby. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you I mean that you... that would make the room go quiet actually. If I literally, as the best man, went. If you got the type, yeah. Of... If I went, as we all know, Ed has type two diabetes, but I didn't sell it as a joke, and I just carried on talking yeah. about him. <laughs> and then I said it again during the speech as well, of like he's yeah, he's been through so much, he's battled that type two, and we're and like <laughs> no, that would make the room. you know, you know for a fact. <laughs> Me and Nish would laugh a lot at that. Sure, yeah, sure you would. If you kept going, he's been battling type two. For yeah, <laughs> but let's face it: if you're trying to make a whole room go quiet, it's very hard when you and Nish Kumar are in the room. No matter True. who's doing the speech, you yeah. and Nish will fight. If you uh, love that, yeah, Kate. If you watch James's uh, 2018 uh, yes. Netflix specials, yes. um, you can actually hear me and Nish in the audience. Oh. Uh, and I get tweets, I'd say at least five or six tweets a week going, are you in the audience for James's Netflix specials? Because you can hear us squeaking at yeah. the bits we really like. And the bits we really like are the bits that no one else has yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They're just bits that I knew. Also bits that early on, I think there's one bit that I threw in on the day and improvised it on the day because Nish and Ed were in the room. And I knew that during a routine where I was saying that um, my favourite number was umpteen because... Uh, <laughs> you don't you don't know how big it is and I was like it sounds like a huge number but it's in the teens and then I threw in a line on the spot of going someone's cooking the books because I knew <laughs> I knew it would make Ed and Nish laugh still funny and his, his laugh is very audible at that part in the, I, I, was, yeah. I was there for the edit I edit I've watched those shows many times doing the edit every time there he is honking away <laughs> can't get rid of it honking books. away Lovely. with his type 2 diabetes <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I think, um, I, I, but I think that would make most of the room go quiet if I talked about yeah, Ed's type so, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. And and listen, guest fest. I really hope that your guest that you have on as part of this amazing comic relief fundraiser is everything you're dreaming of, which is difficult, narcissistic, and dull. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. But I know that yeah. I'm crossed. really hoping that mine aren't. I'm I'm looking forward well, to getting. Just so getting, you know. Couple of friends I've really drunk. Me and Ed have been, and we're going to be your guests. Oh, I'd love I'd that. Love boys. <laughs> so we, we've already done it. We're just going to come back on again. Yeah, yeah, and get drunk next time. Yeah, and um, obviously that everything's being postponed at the moment. Your wedding, um, being amongst them, Ed. But live shows. Are you? Are you ever hope? Are you hopeful of ever being back on stage again sometime soon? Can people come and see you? Well, there's a few. So there's a few promoters who are sort of trying out various ways of doing things outdoors uh, and drive-in gigs yeah. and things. So I'm doing a few outdoor gigs. Battersea Arts Centre are definitely running some outdoor gigs. Uh, and there's some Ali Pali as well, I think. Uh, and there's various driving gigs. If you if you look, you can find comedy somewhere. <laughs> and ideally, what you want is for people to come out and support the arts and buy a ticket, yes. not just yeah. watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Well, exactly, exactly. Oh. That just to keep keep some of those places going. And James, you're going to be trying out any um, shorter <laughs> to die material somewhere soon? <laughs> no, I've got nothing in the diary at the moment. I was uh, always going to take this year off anyway, so I did a very yeah. long tour. Yeah, I had a very long tour last year, and uh, I was just completely uh, just uh, knackered by the end of it. So it was always going to be that I had 2020 off. Um, but uh, yeah people should go and uh, support these gigs that are starting up and support all the comedians that are appearing on them. Absolutely. And when you say you were having the year off, obviously not with Off Menu, because Off Menu, I mm. mean, it, it launched and went straight to number one in the iTunes charts, because quite rightly, it's brilliant. You have incredible guests on. I've just yesterday listened to your Louis Theroux episode. Um, <laughs> really fantastic guests. Um, uh, so, can, and and who, have, who have you got lined up for the rest of the run? I mean, loads. We've got so, so we we went to the states right at the beginning of the year and recorded loads with American comedians we like. Uh, so we've got loads of those in the bank, 
and then we've got some of the Zoom ones we've recorded. We had a few recorded before before lockdown as well. So we've got we've got some pretty cool guests coming up. Josh Groban. Oh, Josh I like Groban. Josh Groban. <laughs> I like him. Yeah, he was great. He was yes. really good. Uh, Michael McKean from yeah. Spinal Tap and also everything wow. else, uh, which is kind of amazing. Um, yeah, we've. I mean, we've got we've got bags of brilliant British comedians, chefs. You know, it's 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 looking good. We're excited and and it doesn't. You know, there's no there's no need to take time off from that because yeah, it doesn't feel like work. To be it honest. doesn't, does it? The the, pod, no. the joy of podcasting. Well, um, I hope to see you in real life at some point soon. Uh, I hope that we get to leave our homes. I hope you get to get married. I hope that you get to uh, laugh as Nish isn't as funny as you could have been, James, in The Best Man in the yeah. World. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all of I'll your try. I'll, sure. I'll support him on the day. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Spitting <laughs> spit his tea. Um, thank you, boys. Thank you so much. Thank you thank very you. much, Kay. Lovely, us. lovely avenue. Thank you so much for listening to White Wine Question Time. As always, the show is produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Richard Hatherill for Yahoo UK. Editing is by Callum Goddard-Mocklow. And our music, as always, is provided by Andy Bell. If you have a moment and you've enjoyed the show, please do, if you can, rate and review us. It truly does help other people to find and discover the show. And try to do, as we always do, enjoy yourselves, but drink responsibly. I'll see you next week. If you'd like to listen to our guest fest comic relief special with our winning listeners, that episode will be coming to you as an additional episode on Tuesday. Obviously, when I spoke with James and Ed, we had no idea who our winners were. I can report back. They were lovely. You're in for a treat. It's a cracker of an episode. So please enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.